Good morning. I'm Playbook Editor Mike DeBonis. It's Monday, November 13th. Here's what's driving the day. We're waking up this morning to a smaller Republican presidential field. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott announced last night he is suspending his campaign. He made the announcement on the Fox News show hosted by his old buddy and former House colleague Trey Gowdy, where he said voters, quote, have been really clear that they're telling me not now, Tim. I don't think that they're saying no, but I do think they're saying not now, unquote. In Playbook today, we have exclusive new polling numbers on next year's presidential election from Stack Data Strategy, which surveyed 15,000 voters and applied statistical analysis to project a comfortable Donald Trump victory, winning 292 electoral votes to Joe Biden's 246. That finding, which has Trump flipping Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin from Biden, is in line with recent state-based polling, which together has driven a reckoning about Biden's political future. Also this morning, Politico's Jonathan Martin has a new column, diving deep into the hand-wringing over Biden's political troubles inside the Democratic Party and beyond. Jmart assembled a wide range of advice Biden is getting, from bringing Rahm Emanuel back from Japan to chair his campaign, to enlisting Bill and Hillary Clinton to search for peace in the Middle East, to finding a way to literally talk about abortion every day until the election. The whole thing is well worth a read. There's a lot more going on this week, including the big APEC summit in San Francisco, where Biden is expected to meet Wednesday with Chinese President Xi Jinping. But the big news event that's driving this week is yet another government shutdown deadline. And here now to walk us through what's going to happen is Playbook co-author Rachel Bate. Good morning, Rachel. Hey there, Mike. So it's deja vu all over again. Another shutdown showdown, albeit with a new cast of characters. Well, at least a new speaker this time. Uh, So what do we know about uh, new speaker Mike Johnson and how he's going to handle this? So over the weekend, Johnson basically released his plan. He wants to pass a two-step CR that is going to kick some government funding into January for a number of agencies. And then for the rest of the agencies, uh, the deadline will be early February. This is the sort of latter CR idea that had been kicked around recently. Um, a lot of appropriators, frankly, didn't like it. A lot of Democrats hated it. But the good news, uh, I mean, the good news, if you don't want to shut down, is that this is clean. Um, it's a clean CR, essentially, with just two deadlines. He didn't include policy writers, toxic policy writers, conservative policy writers. He doesn't have across-the-board cuts. And honestly, it's it's hard to imagine how Democrats can reject this. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we were wondering, we're going to have another shutdown. Could there be a shutdown this week? I, I, I don't expect it. Right. And and just to uh, be clear on the timeline, we have until Friday at midnight, basically, to work this out. We had this text of this uh, draft CR rolled out uh, on Saturday. And we're basically we've seen a little bit of reaction drip out over the weekend. First off, what did we hear from Republicans? What did you hear from Johnson's own members? Yeah, so so far there's at least three House Republicans that have come out and said they will vote against this. Marjorie Taylor Greene says no more CRs. Chip Roy, uh, who's on the Rules Committee, so we do need to pay attention to him to see how he votes. He's against this because there's no conservative concessions. And then Warren Davidson, also a member of the Freedom Caucus, just like Chip Roy. I do think if you have someone like Warren Davidson and Chip Roy against this, we're going to see a number of conservatives who say this is not good enough. And of course, the latter CR idea was initially 
actually from Andy Harris. He was one who sort of stood up in conference and pitched it to Johnson, and that's where he actually got the idea. But this is not going to be good enough to win those folks. I think the most interesting reaction actually is among Democrats right now. I mean, the White House came out and like blasted this idea called Republicans uh, in this proposal unserious, said that it would sort of trigger an extreme Republican shutdown. But then the Senate kind of undercut the White House, like Democratic leadership aides saying that Johnson did a good thing by not including cuts in this CR. And then Chris Murphy was on Meet the Press yesterday, and he said he doesn't like the latter CR. He'd rather it be done, you know, as one tranche, not two. But that basically this is something he could potentially get behind, that he's willing to listen. And we also saw something later last night from leadership sent around some sort of readout of the week from Democratic leadership where they were emphasizing the point that this has to not only be bipartisan, it has to be bicameral. So that really shows a willingness, I think, by Senate Democrats to actually listen to this idea, which is interesting. You know, like you said, a clean CR, you know, we don't have spending cuts. We don't have the, the nasty policy stuff. What we do have is Republicans trying to get one thing in particular, which is avoid the big end of year quote unquote, Christmas tree omnibus, right? Like this is the thing that has driven so much enmity among, I would say Republicans generally, not just the the far right. Like I think there's a lot of members who don't like this practice that Congress has gotten into of passing multi-thousand page bills just days before Christmas and often with the members getting just a few hours to read it. So is is that enough that Mike Johnson is going to be able to go to his members and say, hey, if we do this, we can avoid that. Is that going to be enough? I mean, depends on which members. I am really skeptical that a lot of conservatives are going to vote for this. Sure, it it avoids that end-of-the-year time crunch, but it doesn't include things like, you know, cuts or policy wins. And I, it's interesting because when he became speaker, a lot of conservatives came out and they said, okay, we'll get, basically we'll give him a pass on this. I'm surprised he didn't just take that and run with it and say right then, okay, we're going to have a clean CR. He actually went on Fox News and he talked publicly about how they would need concessions in order to pass another, you know, temporary funding patch. And now he's sort of backpedaled, but is hoping that this two-step process that kicks it into next year will sort of be a soft landing. I do think he's going to get a pass from conservatives. He's not going to be ousted like Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy had a lot of problems beyond just passing a clean CR. You know, a lot of people didn't trust him. He had broken a lot of promises. Mike Johnson still has a lot of goodwill. This is obviously going to burn some of that political capital, but I would be surprised at the end of the day if this does not sail through the House. And to circle back to Democrats, I mean, are you at all surprised that they're signaling that they're they're going to possibly going to swallow this? I mean, this laddered approach was just getting panned last week by, you know, Patty Murray, all the Democratic appropriators. You know, what get what, what do you think gives that they're they're now, you know, sort of gently suggesting that they could deal with this? It it feels like they wouldn't have a solid justification for saying no. I mean, it is perhaps inconvenient to do, you know, two funding deadlines. I mean, obviously, if there were like 12 funding deadlines and every agency had a different funding deadline, people would say no. But Johnson has really uh, intentionally narrowed this in on two. And I do think that that makes a bit of a difference. But right now, you know, this is a clean CR. It's really hard for Democrats to say this isn't good enough when it extends their own policies for a number of months. I mean, it's just... It, it wouldn't make sense. Right. You could you can shut down the government over abortion policy. You can shut down the government over cuts to programs that you support. You're not going to shut down the government over a date. Right. Like that's 
kind of what it comes down to. That, that's right. And I think, you know, we haven't heard a lot from House Democratic leaders, which is something we're obviously going to be watching today. But I think also in the House, the fact that people have been rather quiet is probably a good sign for Johnson. I did hear from one person in leadership who was texting with over the weekend who said, we're basically just sitting back to see if they can pass this on their own. Johnson has been clear. He told his members over the weekend during a conference call that he's going to need Democratic votes for this. But again, I would be really surprised if, if he doesn't get them eventually. We will see. Rachel Bay, thank you so much. Thank you. And for your schedule today, the House and the Senate are in. In the morning, President Biden will welcome the 2023 Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights, to the White House. Later, Biden will host a bilateral meeting with President Joko Widodo of Indonesia. I'm Mike DeBonis. Thanks for listening.